We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. Yeah, I'm used to it. I'm used to this. Y'all ain't met Player P yet. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the nba okc thunder and pop culture you can find our episodes on apple Podcasts, soundcloud and google play they are also available along with articles and lots of other cool things at our website theuncontestedsports.com i am the thunder mob jacob niffin and today i am joined by my good friend taylor peterson taylor how's it going hello darkness my old friend uh, this is the uh, the first postseason podcast by the uncontested. As Unfortunately, the o- yep. As the Oklahoma City Thunder have been eliminated from the playoffs in Utah on Friday night, a late game. Justin, let's just start off. Kind of give me your thoughts on on that elimination game. Kind of what you thought of the game, and then we'll kind of talk about the season as a whole. You just called me Justin. Oh, I did call. Man, oh my I already, god! I was already down the dumps from this Thunder game. Oh Thunder man! Series. I just insulted oh. the hell out of you. I'm so sorry. I mean, you basically just called me autistic, right? Oh my god! I don't know <laughs> if we have to edit that out of the podcast or not. I think we'll be okay. I apologize. That's on me. I'm sorry, uh, Justin. No, I know. I'm giving you a hard time, and Justin a hard time. Uh, you can give uh, yeah, Justin a so... hard time. He's not even on the podcast right now, so we yeah. can just <laughs> shit on Justin all we want. I mean, he's constantly giving us a hard time as a group yeah i feel like so we got to get him back when we can oh but, yeah uh yeah that was that was kind of rough um obviously pg didn't have a very good ending of the series mellow had a disaster ending of the series 
Russ went supernova, but obviously the narrative is always going to be on him because that's just what happens. But I think, you know, I've, I've listened to a couple OKC podcasts since that last game. I've obviously I've seen all the tweets, all the articles on Twitter. We're actually going to cover a really good one that dropped today by Zach Lowe here in a little bit. But I think what I just want to do is give a little, maybe a little bit of a different perspective on all this. And I kind of tweeted about it because I was tweeting on the final game. I guess I'm bad luck. But never again, you know, Taylor. Never exactly, again. Exactly. Yeah, you've you've, lo- you've lost Twitter, Twitter privileges. Twitter privileges. <laughs> um, but I, I just, well, I, actually, I was tweeting during the big comeback. So let's not oh, forget. Oh, there that. you go. Okay. All <laughs> I guess right. it's neutral. I can restart fresh next season. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll give you another chance. That's something we should do yes. next season is as each of us tweet about games, yes. keep track of like record, and then only like the best record person gets to tweet during the playoffs. That's, that's, what, that's what we'll idea. do next season. That's I love funny. It. Yes. Awesome. There we go. We already got it set up. So, but anyways, I kind of tweeted about this, but you know, I think you kind of have to put it, see it from the perspective. So Thunder fans have every right to be upset, disappointed, even a little frustrated but we also have to realize we've been very spoiled as Thunder fans. You know, this is only our 10th year as a franchise, and we've had two and basically three, because Harden's going to win the MVP this season unless something drastic occurs. Three MVPs come through this system. Um, we have Paul George and Melo, who aren't MVP, weren't MVPs but are all-stars. A Hall of Famers. Star, yeah, Hall, Hall of Famers. Famers. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Hall of Famers. I mean, Derek Fisher will probably maybe be a Hall of Famer. That's yep. another one. Steven Adams, a rising star. There's no telling with Ferguson. You know, there's so many great players that have come through the system. Multiple conference final appearances. And it's gotten to the point where it's all, where it is an expectation to meet the playoffs in only 10 years as a franchise. So I think if you look through it through that perspective, we're very lucky. We've kind of been spoiled. However, I mean, you have Russ, PG, and Melo on the same team with Steven Adams. You have Andre Robertson, one of the most dynamic defenders in the league you have an incredible bench on paper of you know vets that and young talent that are supposed to be great shooters and fit well around this core and so obviously looking at it from that and looking at it on paper at the beginning of the season this season was a disappointment but i thought i'd shed a little light and hopefully uh help some thunder fans out who are feeling down like i was <laughs> for sure yeah i think everyone was was a little disappointed with how the season concluded um, you know, first round exit was was not what we thought. You know, we we thought it was a, a shoe in for you know Western Conference Finals back in October, and for it to end this way is um, is disappointing. But I think, especially taking the weekend off um, from podcasting and really being able to gather our thoughts and and you know get here today, I think. Um, is good for us. I think it, it gives us a little bit clearer perspective, especially after those exit interviews. Um, but yeah, I would I would classify the 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 season as a whole as a disappointment. And I think a word that was reiterated a lot by by Billy, by Russ, by PG in the exit interviews, I think defined the season perfectly. Just inconsistency, inconsistency. You know, they they never fell into a groove it was constantly up and down you know blowing out teams like the warriors and then losing by 20 to orlando you know on any given night this this constant up and down fighting for a playoff spot down to the final three games of the season ending with home court advantage and then falling apart in the playoffs such a roller coaster yeah with with inconsistent play you know it just that was the theme of the season was inconsistency 
And I, I think your hope has to be moving into, again, for maybe a third year in a row, Sam Presti's most important summer. Right. That, that has to be the, the underlining tone of everything is, is finding consistency moving forward. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, they, they finally get it clicking. They look like they finally have found some consistency in December, about a week and a half's worth. And then Dre gets hurt, which was just killer. Like you said, they finally seem to get it clicking maybe at the end of the season, fight back for the fourth seed somehow, get home court advantage, and then just play an awful series against the Jazz, which – Got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, the Jazz played incredible. They're yep. very well coached. Donovan Mitchell, as Royce Young pointed out a couple different times, wrote an article over. He he made himself a star, not just a rising star with this series. Yep. Assuming that he you. plays somewhat consistently this this next coming series, but um, yeah, I, absolutely. This season was very inconsistent. Yep. So let's um let let's talk about because i know a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now probably want to hear our opinions let's talk about the elephant in the room or the the mellow fit in the room <laughs> um what did you make of carmelo's comments at his exit interview on saturday afternoon what do you read into that and uh just what are your general thoughts yeah, so I think I'm just going to start this off. I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but I've said it to you guys a couple times in the group. I remember the day that Melo got traded, and I'll try and keep this brief, but I remember the day Melo got traded. We were all so excited. I had friends, you know, blowing up my phone. I was actually with a couple friends. Everybody's pumped. Twitter's pumped. And then that night, I get a, uh, a reply on Twitter from some like a, a, some one of my parents' friends, somebody I know through the church, who I've known for a long time, knows basketball really well. And I respect his opinion on basketball. And he tells me, Mello is a cancer. I don't like this. And I was like, man, you got to give it a, a try, though. You know, Olympic Mello, hoodie Mello. But he was exactly right. Mello is a cancer. And for the most part, he kept it together this season. I felt he was very professional and, and how he handled the situations. And he did. And to his credit, he did adapt. But I don't like him calling out Billy or not necessarily calling out Billy as much as just the organization, you know, not having a plan for him when he got here. That's not necessarily true. I mean, sure, they had to learn on the fly because they had limited time come training camp when he got here. But they had they had an idea of what they wanted him to be, and he began to develop into that, but he just couldn't completely buy into it. And so I, I was disappointed by it, for sure. I don't think it's a good sign. There's a lot of people saying that's his way of of saying that, you know, he's he's leaving, either opting out or he wants to be bought out. Yeah, well, I can tell you right I now, think, knowing Carmelo say, Anthony, he mentioned this. Th- I, he wants I, that money. I don't think opt out is an is an option. Absolutely, I think he wants that money. He either wants to be opt in, and maybe we'll get lucky, and somebody like a Houston or Portland maybe still wants him. I don't know how, and he weighed the no trade clause. But I think you were exactly right. You mentioned in our group Slack here over the weekend, he wants that money. He says, yep. "Okay, he if said, you guys want me to be a bench player." Give yeah. me the money. I, I sacrificed damn near everything was his words. <laughs> he's not opting out. He's no, yeah, after saying exactly that, right. he's not I'm opting not out. Money. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not giving up that paycheck, that $28 million. Um, I'm with you, and I enjoyed Melo over the course of the season as far as his relationship with the media, his how candid he was. Yep. Off the court, Melo, I really enjoyed Oh yeah. Absolutely. On the court Mello really frustrated me and his issues only became more pronounced in the playoffs when I mean game 6 
every minute he was on the court, every defensive possession he was on the court, Utah targeted him. Yeah. And he could not move his feet. He could not play defense. And the Thunder had no other option but to bench him. And the way that he responded from this one playoff series of him getting limited time because he was a problem on the court. He was a basketball problem. The way he responded to that in the exit interviews. Looking it's not back, impressive. Yeah, looking back in hindsight. Now I, I have more of an understanding of why Billy Donovan had to do what he did. What if Mello went off the deep end like this and became very disgruntled with the situation back in November or December for and, one and started saying this thing, started saying these things, you know, could have, could have scared PG off for one. Yeah. Like early on. And two, it obviously just disrupts chemistry. You're exactly right. Definitely. You know, I, I think they had to do everything they could to keep that locker room intact. And I think a lot of that had to do with mellow. And I, I think maybe it was you that mentioned it, uh, to, to us podcast guys in the slack, maybe earlier today. I can't remember. But yep. Mello saying, you know, I'm not sacrificing no bench roll. That's out of the question. Well, early on in the season, Mello was the lone of the, quote, big right. three to play with that bench unit. And then Billy went away from that. And See, now that's, that's what I'm about to. So I got two things for you. OK, one, I have a, a quick stat from StatMuse Twitter. And two, I have a question, which is exactly where you're going. OK, so great Great transition. Uh, so Carmelo Anthony was a negative 58 this season. Or sorry, excuse me, this series, this past series. Jeremy Grant was a plus 29. Carmelo got 194 minutes. Jeremy Grant got 133. That's just a crazy stat. And so yep. for him to play that poorly and then go, go out there on next interviews all pissed off saying, hey, I should have got more minutes. I should have been a part of the, the big moments. I mean, it his stats don't justify that. Yeah, but you're exactly right. So uh, you actually you were talking in the Slack today about Mikey Berra. Uh, uh, you know he's on dun- down to dunk a lot. And what's his what's his site called? I feel chart sided. For... Chart sided. Yes, chart sided. Where they're going to be covering the NBA draft and uh, draft prospects, which is really cool. He has a really cool thing going, and and he's give gave some great insight this season over the Thunder. And like you said, he's becoming one of our. Both of ours, uh, one of our favorite Thunder analysts, just doing a really good job. But I thought he had a really interesting question when I was listening to something he said today, and that's what you were getting at. D- did Mello get upset with Billy for playing him with the bench early on, or did Billy say, eh, I want to try PG, and then he just stuck with it? You know, Was that Billy's decision, or was that maybe Mello saying, eh, I don't want to play with the bench. I want to do – you know, I want to do – I want to be a part of the big moments, play with the big players, play with the starting five. Yeah, and after Melo's comments at the exit interviews, you know, I think it's a legit question. I think Absolutely. it's a legit question, and I don't know if we'll ever get the answer to it, but I think Melo really gave us, even though I don't agree with his thoughts and his his feelings, he gave us some insight into how we felt, you know? Yep. And I'm sorry, but Melo cannot start for this team next year Melo cannot start for this team next year and the more i think about it and i've gone back and i've listened to that exit interview again and just the way he talked the how he said things um, i need to reevaluate things i need to reevaluate what i want out of my career he is not willing to sacrifice and yeah he's going to say he sacrificed coming to oklahoma city this year 
Um, well, he was the one to waive his no trade clause to come here. He's going to say yep. he sacrificed his role. Well, I'm sorry, but coming here to play, you said it was all about winning. You know, it almost, and, and I think Royce Young said this, but it was almost like every time Melo talked about sacrifice this year, it was like he was trying to convince himself of it still. I you know, think you're right. And he, he, he was never, trying to buy in. Yeah, and he, he never actually was able to, you know, and Melo can can be a starter on a on a Sacramento or on a Phoenix Suns or on a um on Orlando Magic, but Melo's gonna have a hard time playing the way he's always played in his career, because that's essentially what he said in the exit interview. I played this way yeah. for 14 years, and I don't want to give it up. And the way he's played for 14 years is ball-stopping, isolation, jab-step, mid-range Jays. And yep. that's not efficient offense. That's not a good plan. And I think he's going to have a hard time finding a starting role on a contender, on a playoff contender in the NBA, playing that style of basketball for the rest of his I, career. You know, I agree And completely. I mean... People that are Melo's age and that, that are from that draft class that are still starters in the NBA. Zaza Pachulia, who starts Zaza. on and off. And LeBron James, maybe the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Yeah, I mean, even who takes the, care of his body in a way that no other athlete, maybe in the history of sports, much less basketball, yeah. ever has. I mean, Meanwhile, Me- Melo's, Melo's chubby ass way. can't even get yeah. up the court, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's huffing um, and puffing. Mikey Barra today on Down to Dunk, and I know like I don't think Down to Dunk is like our competition. I mean, we're we're cool with all the yeah. the, the Thunder podcasts, and we're buddies with with a lot of those guys and everything. But Mikey Barra came with the heat today. He said Melo had to sacrifice by getting down into a defensive stance for this season. Yeah. I was like, oh man, He's never had to do that. Yeah, yeah. But you exactly. know, I mean, I talking to Melo couldn't move. You know, he was he he was just poor all around and. He's, I don't think he's going to be able to find what what he thinks he can do and what he can actually do are two very, very different things. Right. You know, and he's very, very stubborn, very entitled, I feel like. And maybe yep. that's maybe that's a little too far, but I don't think so. I no, I, I, I think you're spot on with that. And, and it's, it's consistent, right? It's consistent with not to the extreme of this, but it's consistent with what happened with the Knicks and the fallout there. Although I will give credit where credit's due again i mean that probably was a lot on the knicks as much as it was mellow but still you see the consistency definitely um so and this mellow drama is going to continue to unfold as the summer plays out i think the thunder ultimately would hope that he opts out i think there's about a zero percent chance of that happening um i think the next hope is that if he opts in with that one year left that he would be willing to waive the no trade clause for one season, you know, and we've talked, um, in the slack and on Twitter a bit, you know, like a, a mellow for Kevin love. Um, you know, is, is there another team out there who'd be willing to absorb that mellow contract in return, uh, trade the thunder, a decent player that's maybe on a longer term deal. And they're, they're taking on that mellow contract for cap space in 2019. You know, yep. Um, there's options out there. Absolutely, they're, they're, or even they're... like a player that's on a bad contract. 
but and maybe it's in another bad situation. Maybe it's more of a bad situation and a higher yeah. contract. Yeah. Maybe even like a shoot, like a JJ Reddick. Think of that. And I don't know if those numbers work. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. He's on a pretty big deal this year, right? It's like a twenty-two million one-year deal or something. Exactly. Yeah. And say he was like on a you know had one more year left or something, and you could trade for him for Melo. He'd be the perfect two for us, even though he's making a lot of money. And if it wasn't for the Melo deal, we wouldn't have been able to do that. A player like that. Um, yep. I know Mikey Barra, not, not for this to be a down to dunk recap podcast, <laughs> but, but I know Mikey mentioned in that same pod, he mentioned uh, like a Nick Batum, for example. He could do really well in OKC, but he's on a pretty huge contract. Yeah, so they, I, they yeah, mentioned Nick Batum. They mentioned like Tristan Thompson or a... Um... Yeah, Tristan Justin Thompson would be interesting, yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. different things like that. I think the Thunder may have some luck there. And then, worst-case scenario, there's going to be a buyout. And if the right. Thunder do decide to buy him out, it'll be interesting to see, do they just eat the salary hit for this year? Do they stretch it out and deal with it for multiple years? Honestly, I feel like if the Thunder can bring back this same team without Melo and get Dre back healthy and start Patrick Patterson at the four... This yeah. is a really, really good team moving forward. You know? Absolutely. And so I mean, that's a solid group. Yep. So I find some consistency for P Pat. And I think you're right. If I mean I, I would rather Jeremy Grant start, I think, assuming that would keep him. But even just with Melo being gone, that gives P Pat an increased role, whether that's off the bench again or as a starter. Yep. And I I, I, I do love Jeremy Grant and I thought about that. I, I think I like Patrick Patterson better as the starter in that situation because yep. of the, the floor spacing and because of the ball movement. I think Patrick I Patterson naturally moves the ball better, and I think he has more gravity out to that three-point line that Grant maybe lacks. Now, it's not saying that Patrick should play more than Grant. I think Grant is turned into a really good basketball player. But oh, yeah. I, I think Patterson might be the better starter the better fit for that those starters, especially when you're starting Andre Robertson, who can't shoot and is not a floor spacer. I think Patrick Patterson kind of offers that floor spacing. But so on this mellow topic, um, first big question of the podcast for you, Taylor. Yep. And this number can change moving forward throughout the summer as more things are said, more things are understood. Give me your percentage chance that on opening night, Carmelo Anthony is wearing a Thunder jersey. I'm going to go 60-40 on this. I'm going to say 60 that he will because, like we talked about, he wants that money. And the Thunder, you know, already it's going to be tough on money. So I could see where they would just keep it, just let him and Russ, uh, unleash him and Russ and just iso ball the heck out of it, which would be so frustrating. But maybe your best option if PG were to lose – or sorry, if PG were to leave – but I also could see, you know, that I, because of his comments, I'm going to bump up him leaving higher to that 40 just because he's obviously not super happy about what the Thunder, Billy, Russ, PG consider to be Melo's role in the forthcoming future. I thought it was interesting, uh, PG's comments. He mentioned, you know, I need – and we can take this two ways. One, we can you know, start talking here in a little bit about Paul George, obviously, in his future. But I thought it was interesting when he said, you know, like my first step or my first option, and then he corrected himself. He said, well, like the first thing I need to do before I consider all my options is I need to communicate with Sam Presti, Troy Weaver, Billy Donovan, and Russ. And he left out Melo. Yep, I noticed maybe, that too. I mean, I know you're in the exit interview, and 
you're put on the spot like that. Like if I'm public speaking, even on these podcasts, sometimes I'll go back and listen and be like, man, I wanted to add that point and I completely forgot about it because we were, you know, going. So I could see where that could happen. But PG's very methodical in the way he speaks in his interviews. It almost seemed purpose. Yeah, and almost on purpose. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that same way. Um, for me on the on the mellow percentage, after his comments, knowing the the type of culture that the Thunder tries to set, the what they pride themselves on as an organization, I'm almost at eighty twenty on him not being here Ooh. next year. I think I think hey, a buyout. Like yeah, I think a buyout is almost inevitable. I really do. Yep. Um, I think they would prefer to trade him, even if it meant getting into some longer term money. That way, they can get something back for the investment. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if a buyout is agreed to. Yeah. Because I think the front it, office is even unhappy at this point. Yeah. For example, exactly. Fred, Fred Katz tweeted out during the game. Somebody tweeted at him, you know, per typical, and said something on the lines of, well, shoot, I don't care if he's upset, if Mel is upset, maybe that'll help us and he won't opt in if Billy doesn't play him. Not only is it good for the team, but it gets Mel off her backs next season. And Fred quoted that tweet and said something along the lines of, well, to be completely honest with you, a front office person has from the Thunder has told me that specifically more than one time. Yeah. So obviously the front office isn't very happy with them either. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I think in hindsight they had to make the trade whenever oh, the yeah, opportunity was there. there. But, yeah. you know, we we talked all season that we would judge Melo's value in the playoffs. And Melo got to the yep. playoffs and we saw his value, you know. Yep, so absolutely. So let, let's move on to the Paul George comments because we mentioned a few of them. I think Paul George very pointedly mentioned multiple times this is our first year together. That same phrase that he's he's used a lot. Consistent. Yep, we you use know, the word we use the word inconsistent. Well, that that was inconsistent. Yeah. Yep. So, with that being said, with with the comments he's made, with the comments Russ made, with the things laid out before him, give me your May first uh, percentage prediction on Paul George being in an Oklahoma City uniform to start the 2018-19 season. So I'd really like to say 80-20. But wow. I'm going to go with seven, I'm going to go 70-30. And here's why. 70% because of everything he's saying, right? He's mm-hmm. like I said, he's a very methodical and you know, he thinks everything out before he says it. And so I those comments I don't think are on purpose. Two, he wants people to like him. He cares about his perception in the league, and I don't think he wants another Indiana type situation. Definitely. And then three, I genuinely think he enjoys playing along Russ. I think he realizes what they have is very special and could potentially develop into something big time. And I think he kind of likes being that maybe that second option, not to like a super big extent, but he doesn't have to do all the heavy load. He can just play his game, his smooth game. You know, he's he reminds me of Kevin Durant in the sense that I looked up from game one. Well, I guess game one, he was kind of flashy at times. But there was a point when I looked up at game one, and I, w- I was at the game as you were, looked up at the scoreboard, and I was like, how the heck does he already have, like, you know, 28 points? You know, it feels like he only has about 20, and that's just because of how smooth and of a player he is. And I think he likes playing a long rest because it, it helps with that. Definitely. But on the other hand, you got to realize 
he hasn't left Oklahoma City facility yet. So he's drinking all the Kool-Aid, right? That they're mm, feeding yeah, him, and definitely. they have been for it's a year. It's May 1st, man. It's May 1st. That's we right. got two months. Yeah, so July July 1st comes, and he's getting wine and dined, and he's out there with you know the Lakers, and they're going to give him the whole pitch about how awesome it would be to come home and how great our young core is. Can you imagine if you're here? And they will probably throw in, and we're going to try and get you know get you Kawhi Leonard, or we're going to try and get you LeBron James. Think how good you'll be with another star. We're going to try and get you Boogie next season. Then he's going to go to the other coast. He's going to go to the East Coast, and he's going to talk to these 76ers, and they're going to be like, look, you fit in perfect here. You're going to play in front of Robert Robert Covington. He's going to come in off the bench, and you're going to get to start with Ben Simmons. You're going to get to start with Embiid. you got Markel Fultz, you know, maybe a J.J. Redick. And he's going to – you know, I he fits so well in the Sixers. I know that's a team that just a lot of analysts are throwing out there as a destination for him because of how perfect he would fit in their cap situation so you know I, that's why i'm going to stay uh stay at 30 that he does leave just because i don't think he's truly i mean this is his first time going through this right yeah so he doesn't he's never been wine and dine from these other teams he doesn't know how that process is so i i, I don't know it's just my perspective on yep it. what about and, you what, what do you I, think I, I agree with everything you just said including the Liking to play with Russell Westbrook, number one, for the talent purposes. Number two, he can be that second guy, not only on the court, but the second guy as far as criticism is concerned. And I think, like you said, he, he likes to be liked. He likes to be liked. He likes to say the things that make people happy. And for him personally, I don't know if he wants to go through another issue and ha- have another fan base possibly boo him when he comes through. I don't think he wants to go through another Indiana. And so I, I'd probably say ab- about Oh, 65, 35. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm, we're, we're neck and neck right there. So here's a fun That's question that I have for you. Because I know we're trying to keep this podcast a little shorter as just our first. And it's just you and I, our, our first postseason podcast. And we have tons of stuff coming up. But I want to ask you, of the 15-man roster currently, which player do you give the highest percentage chance will not be on this team come opening night? I'm going with Melo, 100%. Oh, interesting, interesting. But I think maybe the – so I want your take on this as well, but then I also want to do a separate question Okay. and say out of the bench and role players, what do you think the highest percentage is one of, of, one of them leaving? Um, so you go ahead and tell me. Who, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Melo on that question. I think more so than Paul George. Um, I feel more confident in PG staying than I do the Thunder trying to work it out with Melo. Yeah, it's kind of my thing. I'm kind of with you on that. I I wonder, and I, I might put Melo there as well. I wonder, do they want to get younger at the backup point guard position? I know they like the the veteran leadership. Do they want to get younger at that backup point guard position? I wonder. Does Josh Hustis want to go to a place that'll actually give him a shot? You know, yep. and so See, that was... those ones are the interesting ones to me. Um, as far as bench and role players, I I know people worry about the money and whatnot. I think Jeremy Grant's back in Oklahoma City. I don't think the Thunder are gonna let too. that guy get away. I do. They have. I mean, the, that's the that's bird rights. Like that's Presti's dream. Yeah. I mean, that's his ideal. I'm gonna get this raw super athletic player. I'm going to develop him into what Jeremy Grant's developing into currently. Exactly. He fits a pressy mold 100%. And I don't think they're going to let him go. You know, super rangy, switchy, 
starting to be able to hit the three, aggressive at the rim. Um, I don't think they're going to let him go. So my, outside of, my outside sleep, of... sorry, my my sleeper, my sleeper might be they might work a trade, and Patrick Patterson might not be on this team anymore. Boom! You, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go with. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I think you're exactly right, and that Josh Hustis is probably going to be the main one because the writing has been on the wall since the day they didn't pick up his contract this past season. God, and that's such a bad move in hindsight, man. I know it such really is. Such a bad move in hindsight. Yep. yep. And then uh, obviously. Uh, maybe a Kyle Singler where they just get rid of his contract and stretch it out. But outside of Kyle, I'm not really counting that as much. I think you're right. I was about to say, don't be surprised if come draft night, Pressy tries to pull an Oladipo heart or excuse me, Oladipo Abaca trade like he did when KD yep. was a free agent. I could see him doing the same exact thing to a lesser degree, lesser extent, but trying to do the same thing for PG getting rid of PPAC. Cause he's the best trade chip we have. And then bringing in, a better role player for this team to fit with Russ and PG. So speaking of Russ and PG, one more thing I want to bring up is that before we probably get into kind of wrapping everything up is this uh, article that Zach Lowe wrote today. And I thought he was spot on because it, it, it was almost refreshing because he certainly like critiqued the Thunder organizations, their system, their offensive system and kind of Russ and how he played, but he gave credit where credit was due in the sense that Russ is this dynamic athlete and he he's, he wasn't trying to be a Bill Simmons or, you know, Colin Cow Coward as we like to call him, <laughs> uh, you know, who who always say, oh, you can't win a championship with Russell Westbrook. He's never going to. Zach said, no, you can win a championship with Russ, but here's what you got to do: you got to surround him with these shooters. You got to have that second guy like a Paul George around them, and then you have, you know, he, Paul George would count as shooter. You bring in two other pure shooters and you play them around the pick and roll with Steven and Russ. And then also you got to have that system that will still work when Russ is off the bench that you can use when these role players come in. I thought that was spot on. I really did. Yeah, I, liked it a I lot. agree. And I've always thought that kind of what Houston is running as far as that space yep. the floor out with shooters and get Harden in a high pick and roll, and it's impossible to guard. You're either giving up a lob to the rim, a Harden layup, or an open three on a kick out, a catch and shoot. And I've always thought that that probably the the best way to build around Russell Westbrook is he's got this incredible ability to play downhill and be incredibly yep. aggressive. And you surround him with players that have gravity and give him space. And I, I think that offense hums. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like the ocean for us. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so he, he starts this article off. With Russell talking about the wrapping up the series with the Jazz, Russ used up 38% of OKC's possessions with a shot, drawn foul or turnover. That was a larger share than LeBron James accounted for in series that he basically won by himself against Indiana, right? Because yep. LeBron didn't have another player that scored more than 20 points, which is absurd. And then his usage rate for this series was almost the same as LeBron's in the 2015 finals. That's, which that's is crazy. Just, yeah. That's such a crazy, and then obviously Paul George going uh, two of sixteen in his elimination game that contributed to that, and Melo's stats as well. But you're exactly right. I think if they can find that system around Russ, man, that's going to be huge. Yep. And I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Billy. I really am. I am questioning him a little bit, and I know that's a separate topic that we can get into at some point this summer. Is Billy and his seat is it hot? Is it 
medium lukewarm is it cold yep but I'm we'll, really we'll do a gonna... uh, we'll do a buffalo wild wings um like sauce heat test for billy donovan C. yes is yeah, he like is he like honey it. barbecue or is he like caribbean jerk <laughs> where your mouth is like literally has flames inside of it You're yes fire like we, we might have we might have dragon. to implement that for uh for the hot seat and that's hot great that, that's a pretty good idea there you go, there you so, go. i like it Awesome. Well, uh, we've been going I for hope about he implements that offense. Yeah, uh, definitely something. But anyways, we've been going for about thirty-five minutes, so we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, again, this is our first postseason podcast since the Thunder have been eliminated, but we're not going to slow down here at the uncontested. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming. Huge summer ahead. It's going to be huge, huge. It's <laughs> huge. huge. <laughs> but this summer is going to be massive with the Paul George free agency. What will the Thunder do? Because you know Presti's always active. What happens with the with the whole mellow saga? We've got Jeremy Grant. We've got Josh Hustis. We'll be talking about the NBA playoffs. We'll probably get on later this week and make some playoff predictions with the other guys. We'll be breaking down the draft. We're going to try to get some guests on. We've got tons of stuff coming up. We're going to get a little bit more into our pop culture side as the summer goes on. Yeah. Um, you know, some more sports besides just NBA basketball. So tons of stuff coming, and we're super excited. And I don't. I, I think I speak for all of us. I speak for Taylor here when I say we can't even begin to explain the gratitude we have for oh, those yeah. of you who who tune into the podcast, who engage us on Twitter. You know, when it, when it's all said and done, we're just some some dudes with day jobs that enjoy basketball and enjoy talking and and just yep. having a good time. And for the fact that people have bought into that with us and and enjoy listening to us just means the world to us. You know, podcasting is something that we look forward to every week, and we we love the interaction with you guys. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. So yeah. we really appreciate all you listeners out there. Um, make sure you just you you keep in tune over the summer because we're gonna be doing lots of stuff. We're gonna try to implement yeah. more things with the uncontested with videos and articles and um, getting more people on board, building the team. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and, I just wanna. I just kind of want to reiterate what you just said, and I feel like we've been needing to just because – so first of all, we we preach – like he said, we appreciate everything that you guys have been doing for us and the support we've gotten. We also appreciate those reviews that you guys have been leaving, and some of them you know, aren't great, but we appreciate the, the critique. And I, a couple that we've been noticing is, is people saying, well, you guys are getting off topic. You aren't talking just thunder. So I just wanted to reiterate for you guys like – we are Thunder fans first and foremost because that's the team we've fallen in love with and that we've followed since day one. But our whole purpose with this podcast is that we wanted to do to do something different. You know, there's already some great podcasts out that we even mentioned on this pod when we're talking about things. And so we want to give you guys something different. So that's where you'll see the pop culture come into play. You know, uh, Westworld just started back up season two. I got caught up. I know Nick's huge into that. Me and Nick may try and do a Westworld pod. Uh, me and Jacob and Kamiar and Nick all love Game of Thrones. We'll be doing some Game of Thrones oh, stuff. You know, whenever whenever the final season oh, of Game of Thrones comes out, we're not even doing basketball it's, podcasting. We're just doing Game of we'll Thrones do podcasting. Weekly, yes, Weekly Thrones. And we're, we're pumped about that. And then uh, obviously maybe some music. And like Jacob said, some other sports. We have some big NFL fans amongst us. So we got a Steelers fan and Kamiar, Cowboys fan and Nick, Eagles fan and, and Justin. We'll be doing some uh, some NFL pods probably, some, some NCAA basketball and football so we're really excited we have we have a lot planned for you guys and i just kind of wanted to reiterate that we love the thunder they're our first and foremost but we want to switch it up a little bit for you guys and kind of reach out to a broader audience as definitely well. and keep it fresh definitely keep it fresh keep it fresh so awesome well taylor appreciate you coming on yeah we'll, we'll get back to it later in the week 
you guys enjoy some playoff basketball. Don't stress out too much about the Thunder like I do. Um, it'll it'll lead you to an early grave. And hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can find Taylor at Taylor underscore P15. Uh, you can find myself, Jacob, at ThunderMob405. Check out the website at theuncontestedsports.com. Like Taylor mentioned earlier, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it takes about 10 seconds. Just click, hopefully, that five-star button. That, that, that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> be really leave, nice. Leave us a review. Say something nice. Talk some shit to us. We don't really care. Um, but we, we really appreciate you guys, and we look forward to an awesome summer. Um, stay tuned. Thunder up, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.